Welcome, everybody. I'm Mark Peter Davis, Managing Partner of Interplay. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs advance society, and this podcast is definitively part of that effort. Today, we've got a conversation with Chris. Uh, this has been a tumultuous week in the public equity and bond markets. Uh, a lot of the reaction stems from the way the Fed has changed its tune, moving from kind of this pessimistic raising rates, uh, slowing down the economy vibes, and shifting into something a little softer. Uh, we get into why that's happening and what it means. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Chris, you're in the UK, right? I am. I'm uh, five hours ahead of you. And uh, just like I am in life, usually, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Are, are, are you in London proper? I am in Chelsea, uh, two blocks away from the, 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 the river and very beautiful residential neighborhood. I don't know London that well. We're going to go check it out summer of 24. But I've only been once and it was a, bl it was a blur many years ago. I'm going to put it on live here that we need a London office. Well, it's interesting because I, I know you're in London and you just called it vacation, but you're working New York hours. Uh, so <laughs> your idea of vacation, yeah. of a vacation is flawed. We have to work on that. Right. So what's the, it's five hours difference. So what, what hours are you keeping? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I go to bed at 3am and, and wake up at 10am local time. So that's 5am New York. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I'm losing track, but yes, like New York, full New York hours. My team's in New York and I have to do this, but I, I just enjoy, I actually enjoy working. I know, I know I'm a workaholic, but I am, I enjoy working on vacation because it gives me a sense of security and serenity. I feel like I'm getting ahead without anyone mm. knowing. And that's, that's awesome. I'm a competitive person. What can you say? Uh, sadly, I feel the same way. I understand you. All right. No one wants to hear Good. about this. Let's, let's talk about the markets. Yeah. So what, what's happening cool. uh, today? Because uh, this week has been a little wild. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because we, we have these recordings on days that are just crazy volatile. And today just happens to be one of those. I remember we still have, we have one of our early recordings this year on when, when SVB collapsed on the same day. And today is not of the same scale, but close. Uh, one of those days that market as a whole experienced a two to three standard deviation move across interest rates and equity. Um, what happened? Well, uh, FOMC. So we had the last FOMC meeting of the year. Everyone was sort of sort of holding their breath, waiting for Powell to come out and, and say something because the last minutes that came out. Can you remember to define FOMC for the mere humans? Oh, that's the, that's the, that's the interest rate. That's what we've been talking about for, for quite a while now. It's, it's the meeting where the Fed officials yep. come together and set interest rates. And not just set current interest rates, but also provide future interest rate expectations. So dot plots. Um, and yeah, so what happened today was, uh, long story short, we, we had the minutes that came out about a month ago that fundamentally shifted the tone of the Fed. Up until that point, they were incredibly hawkish, meaning they're, everything they say seemed to say that, uh, you know, data is not there yet. We need to continue to hike. About a month ago, when their statements got released, the tone shifted towards dovish, meaning they're now finally saying, oh, there's a chance we're actually going to hold and potentially cut. Okay. But nothing was confirmed until really a, a, a full MC comes around, which is today. And today, 
the gist of it is they did whole rate steady, which was that was not the part that moved the market. Everyone expected that. It, it's the sort of the statements, the comments that came afterwards. Uh, I'm just going to quote a few things that the Fed officials, like Powell, Chairman Powell said. The biggest thing he said was further rate hikes are, quote unquote, not likely, but the possibility of hike is not off the table. Okay. And activity in the housing market has flattened out after picking up over the summer. And data suggested that highest, the higher rates are slowing business investment and U.S. economy overall is losing steam in the final month of the year. Okay. So those are the key comments. If you are following sort of what Powell has been saying for the past two years and, you know, sort of looking for keywords here and there, this is the very first time, uh, he used sort of not likely when it, when it refers to, uh, rate hike future sort of further rate hikes. So this was taken as a, Massive win by equity investors, people uh, who are betting on sort of the beta of the market to, to the overall economy to the equity market to sort of rally because this was, this was taken as a confirmation that there's will, there will not be any future rate hikes. Um, leading up to this point, the futures market was already pricing in sort of no rate hikes, but at least next year, people's expectations were somewhat conservative, meaning you know, there might be one cut and there might be by the end of the year, two cuts. Okay. Three, some, if you're really, really dovish at this point, after today's meeting, everything just got blown out of proportion. So if you now stare at the industry market, the market that sort of, uh, or futures market on interest rates, the market that predicts what might happen next year in, in, in interest rates. Now the market is pricing in a 50% chance of a cut in March. That's in three months from now. And a full cut in April, two cuts by May, three cuts by July, five cuts of 25 basis points each by the end of 2024. So that brings us down all the way from what's currently 5.25% to 5.5% from front end interest rate all the way down to 4% by the end of next year, in the next 12 months. So uh, that is a drastic move. And that is not, to, to be completely clear, that is not what the Fed officials said. Okay. Their median dot plot and what how indicated is still very much behind what the market is pricing. So the market is leading the way here. And they think that at some point in the future, some Fed official will come out and readjust their statement even more dovish. Um, so, so it's, it's a crazy sort of dichotomy here and, 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 and move movement in one day. And if you sort of extend the, to the further part of the curve, the longer part of the curve, the two year, tre- two year treasury, just, Traded down. So, so it rallied right on price, but yield went down by 30 basis points in one day. 10 year went down by 18 basis points. So now 10 years now back to 4%. Just about a month and a half ago, we're at 5%. So 100 basis point move on the 10 year in about 45 days. Again, this is sort of, uh, the last time we saw something like this was really beginning of the cycle. So nothing like it for a while. Um, that's just the interest rate market. Equity market sort of responded. In a similar fashion, slightly less dramatic. S&P finished at 4,700, which is, I think, about a, a one and a half percent away from all time high. Okay. We're about a month ago, we we're talking about potentially hitting 4,000. Now it's back to close to 5,000. NASDAQ still a little, so no, about eight and a half, nine percent away, which makes sense because tech led the, led the sell off and it's sort of leading the rally this year, but not where we were before. That's what sort of happened, right? Sorry for, for the long, um, narrative, but. That's sort of what happened overall in the market. Crazy stuff in one day and fundamental shift in multiple ways. 
I had heard someone talk to me recently. You know, I talked to a lot of uh, interesting people with different perspectives. Uh, someone said to me that Biden is going to push through strategically a rate cut in Q1 because it takes about six months for that to ripple through the market and for the yep. Main Street person to feel it. And that's good timing for the next election so that everyone's feeling wealthy when they go into the ballot box. Is that, is that causality? Is that logic? Does that hold with you? I mean, I heard that and I was like, it yeah. sounds smart. Sounds, sounds plausible. Yeah. Look, the, the Fed is supposed to be independent. And Powell has come out and set, stated this multiple times publicly that they do not respond to political pressure. But if you ask me, I mean, everyone's human and, and it's almost impossible to shelter yourself away from politics when you're living in Washington, when you're living and breathing the air in Washington and, and having politicians breathing down your neck left and right. So I, I would not, def, I would personally, if you, my personal opinion, like I would not rule out the sort of, you know, part of this push came from um, the current, current political party. Uh, but at the same time, they are adjusting to data, right? They can't make this type of move without the data support. So data is trending that way. Like I was just looking at BPI, right? The producer price index, that's sort of a, a leading indicator for CPI, which is the consumer side. It came out much weaker than expected about a week ago, right? We're at 0.9% year on year already. Remember, Fed's, Fed's target is 2% inflation, right? Of course, me measured by a different thing called PC. But roughly, if you're seeing PPI at below 1%, on a year-on-year -year adjusted basis, you can expect CPI to come towards that in some time in the future. So data is moving that way. Inflation is coming down, as we've been talking about. And But there are other mixed signals, right? Now, it's not you're all uniform. So labor market is still insanely strong. We're at 3.7% unemployment rate. And sales, retail sales and earnings are still rising, although around the same rate as inflation. But when inflation comes further down and your, your wage continues to increase at the same sort of same or higher rate, your spending power goes higher, right? So, so that, that then feeds back to more inflation. So there's some mixed signals in the market where it says sort of this whole drama of inflation is not necessarily over as of yet, but the overall broader picture is trending that way. So the Fed has to act in, in accordance with data because that's just too readily available. Everyone's scrutinizing them over, over this. But on top of it, if you have a political party, the sitting president telling you, hey, you better, you know, if you can, lean one way, it makes sense uh, that they, they are coming out with, you know, more dubber statements on the back of all of that. So, so yeah, definitely the possibility of it. Now, we're talking about America here, uh, and the world is yeah. wildly connected. I was in Dubai a couple of weeks ago, and the financial conversation was about what the U.S. Fed is doing, you know, around the world. What is uh, what, what does this movement in the market mean for other countries? Any yeah. particular significance? I mean, you, you're a third yeah. way around the world right now. Like, what's how does why does this matter for everyone else? Uh, funny you ask because <laughs> the U.S. is definitely setting the tones for the Western Western world, like overall, right? So, so likely you will see. I mean, if you are, we have already seen this, right? So, Canada, UK, U European Union, like countries that are have close ties, trade relationship with the U.S., uh, which are experiencing sort of similar, maybe slightly delayed inflationary pressure, 
throughout this whole cycle is now sort of all on pause in terms of uh, hiking rates. So the U.S. is setting the way there, but definitely ahead of the pack. But if you go to a little further, right, if you go all the way to East Asia, go to China, which has been experiencing deflationary pressure in the past few months, right? Not just disinflation. They're actually neg- the price level is actually going down, not slowing down, but go, but, but actually going down, right? So, and that's been happening for the past, actually on this point was six months now, right? For the past six months, every, every sort of month, uh, data came out basically deflationary. Um, and all these sort of, and that's, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole long conversation, but it's a lot had to do with the aging population, you know, so slow recovery from COVID and, and, and a bit of a lagging effect, right? On morale and on with all the political movements that happen. Um, and, and, and such sort of, uh, uh, slow or sometimes in, in some cases very drastic, sometimes very slow adjustment in policy, uh, for instance, in real estate. That, which completely just collapsed uh, during the, during during COVID. Anyway, so so China is going the other way. U.S. is sort of relatively speaking, it's actually healthier on a, on, a, on an overall economy basis, but it's setting the tone for the Western world in terms of pausing rate hikes and all all these things. Right, ultimately come down to sort of the impact on currency and commodity prices. Currency, if just interest rate parity. Um, for those of you who have heard it, but basically interest rate is one of the more fun, fun, most fundamental drivers in currency value. And when an interest, when a currency has low interest rate, you basically attract less investment, less foreign investment. Therefore, the value of the currency generally goes down, right? So that's just the interest rate parity. You can basically predict that the bull market in US dollar is sort of, if, you know, just from a trading perspective, not from a fundamental perspective, is going down in the short term. Because of the fact that we're leading the way in the Western world in terms of interest rate cuts. Um, so, and that has, again, secondary tertiary impacts in commodity prices, oil, gas, uh, uh, these things that are heavily involved also in the wars that are happening around the globe. So yeah, a lot of implications that we're not going to dive into, but I encourage folks to, to really spend some time digesting the information. Very cool. Pleasure as always. Thank you so much, Chris. Of course. Happy one. Talk to you soon, Mark. A quick reminder for everybody, uh, Chris is an SEC-registered RAA. Nothing he said today should be misconstrued as investment advice. All right, everyone. As always, Chris is coming in hot. Uh, you know, at least it wasn't bad news. The market's up in a lot of ways, uh, but complexities abound. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to him in a future episode, not quite yet, about what's going to happen as a byproduct of the new president in Argentina. That guy's just getting started up. uh, And I have a feeling that's going to drive more demand for the dollar. uh, And there might be some interesting implications. So more to come, lots more to dig into. I hope you're well, and we'll catch you next week.